Pitch Deck Asia. Your story, your words. We are live. This is Pitch Deck Asia broadcasting to you from Singapore to all of Asia and beyond, bringing you some of the most interesting stories and journeys and adventures of startup founders, their backstories, how they got there and what they're trying to do, put a dent in the universe. Um, now, a little bit of backstory to Pitch Deck Asia. We want to give startups a platform to share their stories because obviously, you know, there's a lot of interesting people out there doing interesting things. And most of them we don't know about on a daily basis. We know about the big celebrities. We know about the Elon Musks and those kind of innovators in this world. But what about those people who are at the grassroots level and trying to change the universe or do something, fix a problem? from their world. So hopefully we're going to explore one of those journeys today. And um, as with the last episode of Pitch Deck Asia, this episode is brought to you and sponsored by K Startup Grand Challenge. We're going to talk about those guys in a minute. They're back helping support the ecosystem here in Asia. So a big shout out to them. We're going to talk about K Startup Grand Challenge again in a few minutes as I introduce my next guest. So welcoming him to the studio, the first time with us here on Pitch Deck Asia, Joshua Char. Joshua, welcome. Hi, Graham. Uh, nice uh, talking with you. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to share our story across the board. Yeah. Yeah. So where are you today? Based in Singapore? Yes, I'm based in Singapore. Uh, we are stuck in Singapore for the lockdown. Uh, we yeah. are glad that things are going well. We are embracing it properly. And the government is taking responsibility to, to make this thing as good as possible. So Great. we have to embrace it and let's see how, how it will turn out. And let's stay positive. For a man who, who's traveled a lot as well, I bet you're itching to get out there. We'll talk about some of your travels in a minute as well. I know somebody who's done like, not just average travels, like a day trip or a weekend or taking a week somewhere, but you've gone on some real adventures as well. And that kind of gives us a nice sort of backstory to introducing the startup you're going to talk about today. So let's put it on the table. Anzen, Anzin, as it's pronounced in Korea. What's Anzen about? Uh, yes, Anzen is a representation, a representation of three meaning uh, for the hardware system that we're building. So it stands for a three concept that we are trying to fulfill. The smartest battery system uh, in which that you will have the most integrated uh, IoT features in the smallest volume factor. So that's the smartest. The second is the most standard, most standardized, meaning that it's universal. So how do we build it? Uh, for most battery pack, it's either you serve the electric mobility or consumer electronics. So we want to combine in the smallest form factor where it can power both appliances such as consumer electronics and electric mobility from micro mobility all the way to EVs. So there's a good standardization and you can control back control better on the recycling effect. And lastly, of course, the safest. Why? Because of mobility concept, uh, during charging time, there's a lot of explosion issue. So these are the three uh, issues or visions that we want to achieve and tackle. Right. So as I understand it, you manufacture these batteries? Uh, no, we are not a battery cell company. We are battery pack. So we integrate all the best solution or customized solution that we have found or research and make it to the best, smallest form uh, battery pack. Uh, in an ecosystem that we are trying to build. Help me understand and help some of the listeners who may not know the difference. What's the difference between a battery and a battery pack? Uh, okay, sure. So bat uh, battery pack is consisting a lot of, uh, it consists of cells, uh, the electronic box, the battery management system. So taking, for example, this is like a battery pack. 
Mm. Uh, so this is a battery pack. So all the mobile bank that we have, that is a battery pack. But inside it, there's battery cells. So we are not battery cell manufacturer. Uh, we are uh, uh, the technology integrator to make, to achieve a certain uh, perspective that we want. Right. Yes. So, so we are battery pack maker. The battery pack is allows you to manage the battery cells in a smarter yes. way. Is that right? Yes, you are right. So okay. for now, most of the uh, battery pack system that's available in the market is not that smart. So you just charge. So it causes a lot of problem after a certain time of usage. Right. So this is where we come in to provide a standardized solution where you can manage the after effects of using like 1.5 to 2 years later on. Mm. Okay, good. Right, Joshua, I'm really looking forward to diving into some of your journeys, literally some of your physical journeys that you've had and really how this fits in with your bigger vision for you know better, cleaner energy in e-mobility as well. And maybe we can start as, you know, how all the, the genesis of this, this conversation came about. So you applied some time ago to an accelerator program in Korea. And if we can just flash up on the screen for those of us who are watching the K Startup Grand Challenge. Now, we're taking you back a few months here. This was last year. You went to Korea, you went to Seoul um, to take part in this accelerator program. Tell us about your journey there. What happened and what was the outcome from that? Oh, the outcome. Uh, okay, it's very clear for us to, to, uh, to go to the K-Star because of its uh, business environment and the context that or all the opportunity that this platform will provide. I mean, we all know that South Korea is a technological-driven country with a very strong capabilities and competitive advantages of produced companies like Samsung, Hyundai, and SK. So it's related to us in our battery pack. So if we have any collaboration in, in due time, it gives a very strong fundamental statement. So in the context of this uh, uh, program, it gives us exposure to the business world and understanding whether a product can work effectively uh, in a market of a homogeneous market in South Korea, for example. I imagine the, the infrastructure for um, battery technology in Korea is pretty advanced, isn't it? Obviously, because of all the... Yeah, it's one of the... I mean, it's the lead one of the leading countries uh, in the whole world. There are only two providers, I would say. It's either South Korea or China. So to have a, uh, a get entry into South Korea itself is a very big advantage for us. So we were given a lot of opportunity to share our technology and it has been a big exposure for us for sure. Excellent. So shout out to the K-Startup Grand Challenge. They are open for applications this year as well. The website is there on the screen, reading it out. If you are listening in, you can go to shout out to k-startupgc.org. That's k-startupgc.org. Like yourself, I mean, it, with um, Joshua, if you are involved in tech, especially deep tech or electronics, obviously this is going to be really valuable to you. So that's the K-Startup Grand Challenge. Career is not the beginning or the end of your adventures. Before we um, look at some of the the data concerning your market size and you know really the whole market size here in Asia and beyond when it comes to clean energy, you've had quite an experience. I'm really fascinated by this because you know, when we were digging around doing our research for this program, we like to find out a bit about our guests beyond the products and the startups that they're involved in because it helps us sort of connect with them and understand the why. I understand, and correct me if I'm wrong, Joshua, that you've had some interesting adventures on bikes, push bikes, cycles in your time. And this is not, like I say, doing a week in the Alps 
you've done some crazy adventures. Tell us a bit about some of those. Maybe you share the adventure where you crossed Asia, I think 14 countries at one point, right? Uh, yes. Uh, it happens when I was still a student uh, during my university days. So in short, I mean, I was uh, uh, trying to live a dream or adventure. So I built a bamboo bike uh, and the, the theme of the expedition was called the Circle of Life Expedition. Is to reconnect the epic center of Silk Road. So it, is, it was in Central Asia. Therefore, the team was there to build uh, the most ecological bike to rediscover Central Asia and travel from Central Asia and bring back to Singapore. So as we were planning the adventure, we were thinking that most of these so-called long trips uh, will be either done on a steel bike or aluminum bike. What is the one more step uh, to push the boundary even better? So we discussed that why not a bamboo bicycle made of bamboo. So the expedition, one of the aims was to expose not just the epicenter of Central Asia, but to discover the possibility between the ecosystem product and a viable business model. So it's not just to satisfy my young urge to, to do an adventure, but also to serve a purpose, to bring back a possible business model back home and make it a viable business model. So I've been, stick, I've been in this round for many years on bicycle, electric bicycle, and, and uh, doing, business, uh, doing business opportunity on this, in, on this ground level. What was the hardest part of that? Was it actually doing the, the cycling and crossing all the countries, or was it actually manufacturing a bamboo bike? I don't know what that entails. I'm a cyclist myself, and manufacturing a bike is a carbon frame that's manufactured in a, a press, effectively. You know, and the whole thing can be manufactured from a mold. Like you're building a bike from scratch in bamboo, I don't know how difficult that is. Help us understand. Uh, it's more difficult for sure because every tube is in, uh, it's not consistent. So you have to find the balance to, to, to put the tubes together onto a frame. Yeah. But you see, uh, because of this uh, downside, it makes every each unique bike or every bike frame unique by itself. So this bike that you bought or you own is customized for yourself. So that is, uh, that is the uh, benefit or the advantages that you can, you can have from a bamboo bike. So each bike is unique. Mm. Yes. And does it have the flexibility? Does that imagine uh, yes, it has. It absorbs it vibration very well because really? bamboo, bamboo grass has a lot of, I mean, the warness, the wall of the bamboo uh. actually absorbs the vibration a lot. Right, right. So in the context of the adventure, I guess we all travel, is the, the, the difficult part is not climbing the mountains or cycling from one point to another. It was actually the planning. Yeah. So once after the planning, you go on the road, everything was, was amazing and magical. Yeah. So that's how uh, I found my fundamental or found my core reason where I would like to stick to, two wheels, uh, more ecological, how to make an impact. And as we go, as the society goes electrification or electrify, uh, there's a mismatch between the battery packs and the products that we are using. For example, electric mobility. So this is where we are trying with our prior experiences uh, to find the best uh, solution that has a viable business model to serve the, uh, to serve the, the consumer market. Mm. Well, let, let's switch gears and have a look at that market itself. If you can have a look at the pitch deck and bear in mind that some people are listening so they won't see all the data here. I think on slide one, you've got on your pitch deck, you talk about the market size here. So if you can flash that up, that'd be great. So basically, here we have, Joshua, the market size of 22 billion is this in China alone? What are we talking about here? Is this for e-mobility or is this for 
battery packs. What are we talking about, market uh, size? We are talking about the, the the battery pack system that we have. So to the smallest hardware system that we have is the battery pack. So our ecosystem is very simple. So it consists of one battery pack, universal battery pack, and a universal charging station. What does it mean by universal? So it has the features to stack it up and power bigger power requirement depending on the equipment. So let's go back one more step ahead again. So we are looking at the smallest module, which is the battery pack. So we, let's look at the, uh, the market size. The battery pack market uh, for the smallest battery pack that we have, as you can see from my screen, it can, be a, it can act as a power bank battery. So this has a potential gro a global market size of 19 billion plus. Why? Because it can power both AC and DC devices. Yeah. So this means that uh, the portability of power is not an issue anymore. As more especially during this pandemic, uh, the demand for online services and mobile lifestyle will definitely increase as we go on. So this smallest module or battery pack is also the, the heartbeat of electric, motorbike, uh, electric mobility. So if you look at the context of China market, it has an uh, electric mobility size of about 22 billion plus. Even though it's saturated, uh, we know that uh, 30 million plus uh, new electric mobility will be bought uh, to replace their old bike. And because of our universal function of the battery pack that we have, we can tap to the 300 million plus user in China. Yes. So that is how we... Uh, quantify the market size that our smallest hardware product can serve. Yeah. So to clarify, you're creating battery packs that have multiple uses, is that correct? Not just mobility? Exactly. Yes, you are right. So this battery pack can also serve as a portable power uh, on, on the go solution demand. Right. But what, what, what is the benefit of that? I mean, why... I mean, I'm asking questions not being an expert. Why would that be of benefit when it seems, for example, that unless unless it's a it's just a production scale benefit is that you would have certain devices tailored to certain um, needs for example it would make sense to create a battery pack specifically for a scooter or specifically uh, yes. for a fan for example exactly so uh i mean okay let's look at a consumer product first uh, before we we leap into a electric mobility so it has a standard for portable consumer electronics uh, appliances will be the AA battery. So it's easier to recycle and uh, to collect back. But when we leap, as the society progresses to an electrification era, a lot of devices will get uh, unit battery. So this is where every new mobility or bigger stuff, you need a dedicated battery pack system. So company supplier A will produce their own solution pack. Company B will produce their own solution, uh, another battery pack. So this creates a big issues on the collection part or the recycling part. It's hardly to get uh, sustainable in, in terms of ecological. And what about consumer problems? So the consumer problems are two. In, in electric uh, mobility, there are two immediate problems. One is that after about two years, battery pack normally dies faster because there's no smart management system to manage the charging. And uh, there's distant anxiety. So this is a very common problem that people are facing because uh, we do know that certain part is that the, the sellers or the companies of uh, electric mobility, uh, the battery pack may be the only one that they can uh, earn some profit. So the lifespan of that, they will promise about 1.5 to 2 years. So user every year has to pay about $200 or even spend about 2 to 6 hours to, to buy a new battery pack or charge their battery pack. So this ecosystem that we are building 
is to replace the buying of new battery, managing it better, uh, recollecting, recycling back the bat old battery cells, and reduce any charging time. And lastly, user will not need to charge battery pack anymore. So there's no risk of explosion. Yeah, so these are the three immediate problems that we are trying to solve or provide for the mobility sector, which is universal features to expand to the lower tier, which is the consumer electronics and maybe energy storage. So these are the placement that we are uh, providing. Yes. So now the focus is mobility. Uh, our ecosystem, uh, we, will, we will focus on the ecosystem. So our first step, we will build up the, ecos, uh, the mobility uh, sharing batteries uh, service for, for, for a specific customer segment. So yeah, uh, that, what does that mean? So, help me so yes, we will be providing the battery swapping for electric mobility. So okay. we have planned for a specific customer segment, which is uh, the battery stuff from the factory in China. Right. So you're yes. targeting right now, so I understand you're targeting factory staff in China and their, their mobile scooters, right? Yes, and you are giving right. Them, yes. Giving them better service with the battery packs that they're currently using. You're giving exactly. them a better option. Yeah. Okay. So and it's an immediate solution we are pro pro uh, providing. So uh, the consumer of the old electric motorbike or electric scooter, they don't need to buy a new one. They don't need to spend $200 for a new battery pack. They don't need to charge anymore. Uh, charge saying charging their, their electric scooter. So right. this ecosystem that we provide, they can save up to $200, save about two hours of charging time, and there's no risk of uh, 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 fire explosion from charging. Yeah, right. So these are the immediate solutions we can provide to the targeted segment that we have selected. Yes. Right. And the problem they are facing as consumers right now with their bikes, their, their scooters, is lifetime, life cycle of the battery, yes, the danger of exploding exactly and last one is the distant anxiety electric right. mobility after one year or 1.5 years the charging is lower and the mm. distance you can cover is shorter so we want to provide a platform to just manage the battery pack yes yeah well, what, what is that distance anxiety like in reality what does it mean uh, like okay if... i mean a new motorbike you can travel about 50 uh you can charge like two hours but after like a uh, half year to okay maybe about nine months to one year later right the charging time will take about to three hours. The, the distant travel, it takes about, maybe it would, there's a deduction of about 20 to 30%. So for factory staff worker, it's okay, but it's a big, it's a big detriment or disadvantages for the online food delivery services because the downtime is big. Yeah. 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 And, and the usage is much higher as well. I imagine their, their life cycle is going to be shorter. What is the issue there? Is it an issue just, uh, help me understand it. Is it a hardware issue? Or is it like, you know, why do batteries degrade so fast anyway? What is the issue? Are they just not managed properly? And if, if that's the case, then what do you actually do to make uh, that better? The issue is it's not really an issue. It's just a culture because, I mean, we just started into an electrification uh, era. So uh, the supply chains are still very independent of themselves. So for the supply chain of electric mobility, right? Supplier will just produce their e-bikes. The battery will be another guy. So there's no uh, another supplier. So there's no a lot of in-depth cross collaboration to manage a a good pro a good electric mobility. And the heart and soul of e-mobility, right, is the battery pack. So this is where we want to yeah to to solve the issue faced by a customer. Uh, in in the most in the core core product of all electrification, mm. yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, if you have a look at your pitch deck, there's some pictures in here that help people visualize the solution. If we jump into the pitch deck, it's on slide uh, three, I think, with the charging station and the universal battery pack here. You've got some numbers in there for those people who may be electronics engineeringly minded. They can have a look at the spec for the battery pack as well. There's a picture of the charging station. Um, these come together. Is it necessary that they use the charging station that you provide as well as as part of the ecosystem as an extra add-on? How does it work? Uh, so ecosystem, uh, so this is how we fix it. We are looking at uh, how we fix it. If you go to one more slide, you can see the, uh, the concept of the, yes. So our charging station in the smallest form factor, uh, if you see the red one, uh, it has a six battery pack system that can power a slow light electric mobile, a slow light electric vehicle. But the individual battery pack that we have, uh, depending on the specification, one can power a standard e-scooter, e-bikes, or a moped. But when you can stack up to three to power an electric motorcycle, yes. So the universal features uh, allows the cater of a lot of different electric mobility and the independent battery pack as we were sharing just now, because of its, the, the form factor that is so small and the light that we have, the weight that is about 2 kg, can power um, standard appliances to AC and DC. So you see on the lower left-hand corner, so the red color represents the standard battery pack. You can use it to rent it out uh, on the ecosystem, for example, to power your laptop, power your handphone, or power a power tools. Yes. So this is the ecosystem that we have. So can user buy an independent battery pack? Yes, you can do that too, where you can use it as a portable power uh, to power up all kinds of stuff you need uh, back home. I mean, portable power, you know that because our lifestyle is getting more mobile, we use a lot more electronics product. Portable power uh, is, is a big market, but most of the portable power is uh, based on power bank because of smartphone. But as our electronics consumption of power devices gets bigger, uh, it requires bigger power for sure. So there is a growing market for bigger portable power uh, market size uh, or products. Yes. What are you doing differently here? There must be thousands of people trying to solve this problem. What is your approach? Do you have access to some kind of technology that other people don't have access to? Are you thinking about the problem differently? Do you have access to certain kind of resources that they don't have? What is it that you're doing differently? Uh, Okay, uh, the, the main approach that we are doing is to integrate uh, all the, the best tech that we have and customize into the uh, smallest form factor that we have so that the user can get uh, the smallest battery pack that is smart enough to understand the consumer, uh, the energy input, their consumer behavior of energy and have a more empowered choice of using the, uh, the type of energy they can have. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, I'm trying to dig deeper into understanding what is defensible about that to the competition in the sense that what's to stop a Xiaomi or a Samsung or any Chinese manufacturer just taking that technology and replicating? What are you doing different? Is that the software level or what? Because I don't understand battery technology enough. No problem. It seems like the hardware level and the software level. So let me dissect a bit. The hardware level is that we pick it to the smallest, smallest form factor. Uh, that is the hardest because every independent technology is by itself. So what we do is we integrate all the uh, technologies. So what are they? The communication, uh, the 4G, the gyrometer, uh, the accelerometer, uh, the uh, the what? 
the understanding of energy consumption, yes, all these IoT devices uh, into the smallest uh, size beneath our battery pack. Yeah, so that is a hardware level. And on top of that, that is a battery pack. What about our charging station? So our charging station in our team, we call it an energy router. So it's like a, it's like a gateway to, to, form a, to form like a key to the grid, uh, to, the, to the city grids. So this ecosystem uh, allows to form a more resilient microgrid, a microgrid network for, a more, uh, for decentralized energy to go into the city itself. Yes. So this is on the hardware. So this, uh, so with these hardware features that we have on the charging station and the universal battery pack, we have a few main competitive advantages to give a barrier to entry. So take for example, at this point of time, we are not new in, uh, for example, battery sharing for eco, uh, electric mobility. So our advantages are we are allowed to adapt to all electric mobility because we can retrofit. And we can allow more than four to five different forms of uh, electric mobility. The current solution, you must use an independent design. So we can tap to the bigger market size at the shortest sales cycle. Second, our hardware, as we were saying, is an integration to the smallest form factor, not just the battery pack, but also the charging station. Because our form factor is smallest, uh, is smallest our cost of infrastructure has about the about 35 to 40% of advantage. This means that when we scale up, our cost to reach out to our market is smaller. Yes. And lastly, because of uh, the technology that we have in terms of hardware and software, we allow different forms of revenue stream or the business development. Not just swapping of battery where you can have a revenue stream, you can rent it out. Like the mobile bank, you rent it, you swap it. These are two different business models. Yes. And you can also uh, store lower energy uh, during the higher peak time or store renewable energy. So it has the uh, AI to do all these things to allow the business model to grow organically and have a defensive model uh, with the current competitors or new competitors upcoming. Who, yes. who would you be your competitors in this market? Uh, we, we, let's go direct. Okay, battery swapping is not new. So in China, there are two to three main competitors. Worldwide, there's a, a good one, which is GoGoRo. Uh, let's talk about GoGoRo. Uh, GoGoRo is the uh, electric mobility seller of electric uh, scooter and also providing the hardware ecosystem for their consumer or their user to swap the battery. So it's a complete ecosystem package. But as we can see, there, there are similar models in China. Uh, for example, Yihuandian. Yeah, so that's another example. But uh, the, the solution that they provided from these companies or competitors, right? Uh, they, they have, you have to use their electric mobility. So this is where we come in. Even though you have an old bike, you can hop in and use on our ecosystem platform where you can uh, tap on the solution that we are providing. You no need to care about your battery pack. You no need to care about decent anxiety. You no need to charge anymore. And the prop issues of uh, getting explosion from the fires. Uh, from, I mean, getting explosion from the battery pack. Yeah. So the... That is the main advantage that we have, the universal features that we have, yes. Okay. When I think about uh, clean energy and I think about um, building out an ecosystem, um, not directly in your space, but for example, if you take Tesla and building out the charging stations as well, even in China, for example, like Neo has yeah, yeah. building out charging stations or partnering to do it, I think, with their electric cars as well. What 
is the challenge with that? Because obviously, you know, you need an ecosystem to make it worthwhile for somebody to buy a bike that can charge at this station. And at the same time, you need enough bikes to make the station economically feasible. How are you managing that? How are these, first of all, when you look at people like Tesla and Neo, how are they solving that problem, building out ecosystems and this sort of decentralized um, electric network or the source of energy as you talk about? How are they doing it? And then also, what sort of lessons have you learned from your experience of building out a network? Uh, okay, so chicken and egg issue. So these big companies, right, uh, in order to people to buy their uh, product, which is the electric uh, vehicle or mobility, they have to allow the infrastructure to be there. So as a small company, we have to stay lean. Therefore, we have selected China uh, to be our first uh, first uh, proof of concept because the infrastructure is really there. It's, it's, uh, it's not just a private company that has to build the infrastructure. You need the government to come in. It's a lot of stakeholders coming together. So we can see that the take-up rate in US is lower at certain city, but in China, it's a different ballgame because the private company and government together will go in and work together to build a lot of infrastructure for the charging station. So for any cities out in the world, it's, it's not just an involvement of a private company. It needs a strong support from the government. And this is why mm, the infra is not just charging infra, but also the old and aging grid system that we have. So it's a big problem that is trying to solve, trying to find a balance. So it's an involvement of a lot of tiers. So to push this ecosystem, as Grandma has you have mentioned, it takes a lot of years to make it happen. Yeah, so that's why uh, China has an advantage in this because it's, it's, there's a lot of big involvement into pushing of the infrastructure from the government standpoint and companies are taking up to build all this infrastructure for the, the, the new and upcoming market, which is electric mobility. So we are tapping on this thing to check to prove our concept of our ecosystem. And we are not so depending on that because we, uh, our charging station is actually leveraging on the, exist, uh, the new and upgrade infrastructure that they have instead of building a new one. Yes. So this gives us an advantage to shorten our sales cycle to tap on or to allow the customer to, to use our uh, solution. Okay, and you're live in China now, as you say. Uh, yes, we have a China team in, in uh, we have a China team. We started August 2018. We have R&D uh, done, uh, is done there. So we have a team of seven. Yeah, but I'm being a Singaporean uh, because of the lockdown and the pandemic. I'm back home. And once it's, uh, it has, uh, it's better, uh, I will fly there. I mean, I will be back in China to start the second phase, which is the the outreach to the ecosystem right. yeah, because we are more, more and ready uh, to, to put our ecosystem into the market. Okay. Do you have active users? Do you have like, have you validated this? Do you have charging stations out there? Where are you now? Uh, not yet. Yes. Uh, not yet. So the first proof of concept with our LOI will be the last quarter of this year. We are working with two factories. Yeah. So, so far we have uh, started the assembly nine and uh, preparing for a batch production of 200 units of uh, the battery pack and to finalize the first phase of our charging station. So then we can start the, the simplest, uh, char- uh, simplest ecosystem that we can have for the selected target segment that we have. So it will come in at the last quarter of the year. So the whole plan has been delayed for about three months to four months. Why? Because of this uncertainty that the whole world is facing. So we have no choice, but uh, fortunately, because China is big, uh, they are, and our place is not that affected. And there's some, uh, I mean, the factories are back. So we can start this thing. It allows us to catch back the lost time that we have suffered. 
Mm. So the beginning of 2021, you're now going to be going to market and trialing this with initial users. What kind of numbers do you think you'll be working with in terms of charging stations and users? Okay, got uh, So the uh, all LY programs that we have with two factories, right, we are working with 100 to 200 users uh, from the factory. So they are staff. So once we have these, once we link up and troubleshoot between the linkage between the software and the hardware uh, with our factory, next year, March 2021, we have a use case of city use case of 3,000 users. So we we'll expand that so-called ground, uh, which is we stick it to factory to a city level. Yes. Hmm. You say so LOI we, with the factories, so the, the factories themselves are commissioning this rather than the individual users. Oh, that, that is another project, yeah. Okay. But we we'll use factory because of the, the, the because we started our R&D in China, right? We are very fortunate that all our solution, uh, the customized hardware solution, we are able to work with the top 500 companies in China. So our supplier network in China is quite peculiar for a young company and in company like us. Big companies from them they were, they were willing to work with us to ensure that this ecosystem could be set up uh, properly and in a very systematic, uh, strong way into the uh, market. Because we can't just depend on ourselves. We need a lot of different partners because it's the entire supply chain uh, to work in together to set up the new standard and the protocols for this ecosystem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Very interesting. It's a big challenge as well. What's the bigger vision with this, Joshua? Where I know you're talking about the charging station and the universal battery pack, the ecosystem you're building, really as a proof of concept for maybe a, a bigger challenge that lies away. Is it to take it geographically into new markets or is it to then think about this as the beachhead into other services and other products that people may use built around these ecosystems that you built? Uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, there's a bigger for sh- vision for sure. I mean, we have to stay ahead of time and this gives us a, a drive to the, to the team that we have. So the fundamental is actually the ecosystem of the electric mobility. And then we will look into the, uh, the ownership of energy because uh, if you look on the whole, at the whole level of this ecosystem, it's actually a decentralized and distributed energy network system. What does this mean? Uh, clean energy technology is already there. So you can, uh, you can so-called generate energy at a very low price, but to bring it into a city, that's the challenge. The cost is too high. So with our hardware ecosystem, we are, we are setting up the base level uh, to allow people or citizen or the, any people to, to use clean energy at a lower cost and an easier way. Yeah. yeah. So that is a b- bigger game. So uh, for example, you can own the energy asset yeah, because it's, uh, you, you know the transparency of the data, uh, the system allows it, and you can also uh, do a peer-to-peer energy trading. Yes, so this is a bigger game of the ecosystem that we are building. And we, has, we, we have taken the harder approach to go from the hardware solution to find a customer, uh, to, to form a customized solution to set a standard, then to look at the software level. Yeah. That's why it took a bit of time. So now we are into the second year, but very fortunately, as we were sharing, uh, the last quarter of year, we were set up about 200 use cases with our factory workers, uh, not with our factory worker, with our supplier, factory staff. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to track the, the evolution of the ecosystem you're building and how that creates knock-on and secondary innovations around 
that network that you're the decentralized network you're building. And if you look at, for example, like the the history of electricity, you go back a hundred years, like now you've got a situation where this supply of electricity and incre- importantly, uh, even though it has become a little bit of a stereotype when it comes to innovation, but the light bulb had itself uh, this real pivotal role in building out an ecosystem because the fact that you could give people light bulbs, you could stick a light bulb in a factory and that factory could illuminate a worker and that worker could now keep the machines running all night and that worker could then come home in the evening and would need a light bulb in his house and then would need electric items in his house to because he didn't have time because he was working these long hours. It created this ecosystem that built around. They talk about the light bulb as this beachhead product which created the ecosystem. So it's going to be interesting to see if that is what you're having you know, some kind of pivotal role in is will your e-mobility scooter be that beachhead, that, that no. thing that everybody uses? Uh, will this universal battery pack uh, be the smallest module to, make the, to help city to transform to a smart city? Yeah, because it can help in a smart urban solution or the smart IoT energy network. So this is, the, so, this is so-called, we call it the energy key to help us to transform into a more a dynamic city network. Yeah. And what will it actually look like? What, how will that change things? Because so much, for example, if you think about the cities now, the cities that we have are built a design around travel, cars, right? And a lot of that is to do, you know, that has been designed around the logistics of cars and parking cars and fueling cars, etc. right? And if you change the DNA of that, it changes the structure of a city and it provides opportunities as well. What will happen if your vision comes to reality? How will that change cities? I mean, obviously, they'll be more efficient, but it just won't be look the same. I don't think it will be the same city on the face. Things will change as well. Like we'll learn, for example, okay, maybe I don't need to do this anymore. Maybe I don't need to have that thing in my life anymore. What will change? Uh, that's, that's a very interesting question. Uh, what we are looking at ourselves is not we are trying to disrupt. We are like a supplement to, the, to, to this solution. So it, it helps a, a person to have access to the uh, greener energy network by not disrupting the entire infra. It's a consistent effort from the government and the private, uh, private sector. So us being the private sector, we think our innovation can suppl- supplement to the resiliency of the grid because of the Asian grid and the world population is increasing and the, the urge to, not the urge, the need to use bigger electronics is increasing too. We can have, we, our hardware is a tangible solution uh, to form, uh, to allow user uh, to, to have access to the grid and supplement the, uh, energy, um, the energy network system. So we are not looking that we can disrupt or change the entire network. Uh, that is too big for us. We are just a supplement to ensure that uh, the network, the data is more, uh, more diversified and strong. And on top of that, we, we actually are trying to help uh, I mean, business model is, more, is the most important for private companies. It's a viable business model. It's not about division and that. So we are looking at the very basic, a viable business model. But you see our hardware, we are helping on, on another context. We are not selling an e-mobility. We are helping smart city to collect understanding on the user behavior on all the loose different mobility. Yeah, so for example, you're riding a bike, uh, uh, riding another bike, another e-mobility, another stuff. 
So we can collect all these loose data. We are now trying to, uh, so the smart city approach is that you tackle the public transportation. We are not that part. We are trying to collectively uh, find, uh, we are trying to collectively connect the different e-mobility user on, on the mobility side and the uh, appliances to, pro to make these so-called different bits and pieces connected so that we can better manage the energy network uh, efficiency. Yeah. Okay. So this is where we are, we are playing uh, on the bigger, grander vision. Yeah. But pr pragmatically, we are solving uh, three problems for e-mobility and the portable power for user. Excellent. Joshua, it's been really interesting um, hearing a bit about your, your project and what you're working on there as well. I'm sure those people that may be interested in what you're doing would be interested to know how they could reach out to you. What is the best way for people to contact you? LinkedIn, email, what works? What are you most... Everything react? works, yeah. We live in a connected world. Yeah, LinkedIn, email, and mobile. Right. Yeah. So people can link on LinkedIn. Tell them that, tell Joshua that you watched this video or listened to this podcast and wanted to reach out. In particular, what kind of messages are you looking for? Who are you looking to talk to? Um... We are okay now. We are in our fundraising uh, time, so we are trying to leave the to shorten the time to reach out to the market. So, if there's any interested uh, partners to be our stakeholder to push out the market faster in terms of our R and D and reaching out to selected market, we hope to reach out to this uh, group of people. Well, yes. What, what do you mean by that? You uh, venture about... caps, uh, fund angel investor. So we are now at this stage. Yeah. Okay. So we just opened up our fundraising like three weeks ago, uh, to ensure that. Uh, when we scale up in the next year, we have enough uh, resources to ensure that we can stay for at least uh, one year of uh, runway. Yes. So okay. it's a constant, constant uh, work on lean startup yeah, or companies. Yes. Got it. All right, good. Well, the details are there. Reach out to Joshua Chua if you're interested, um, finding out more about his journey and also what they are trying to do at Anzen. And Zini, as it is in Korea, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, share with us before you go the website that people can find you. What do, uh, uh, how should uh, so it's www dot uh, dot com. Yeah, I think it was thought out here, right? Yeah, yeah, excellent. Okay. All right, Joshua, thank you very much. Thanks for joining thank us you. on Pitch Deck Asia today. Um, all the details there for those people that want to follow up. Pitch Deck Asia is about sharing the stories of startups across Asia, all different kinds of startups, all different kinds of levels. If you feel that you want to make a difference and share your story, then go to pitchdeck.asia to find out more. You can not only find out more about the startups that have been on this show, you can also find out how you can get on the show yourself. There's details how you can apply. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot, Joshua. All the best with your Thank journey. You very much. Thank you so much for hosting us. Have a good day. That was Pitch Deck Asia. My name is Graham Brown. Pitch Deck Asia is a platform to give startups in Asia a voice. We give them a show to help them tell their story. And if you love these startup stories and like hearing more about the journeys of the founders, go and check out our SoundCloud channel, which is available at pitchdeck.asia slash SoundCloud. That's pitchdeck.asia slash SoundCloud. Head along to the channel, subscribe, follow us, and feel free to leave a comment or a rating on our channel as well. We'd love to hear your feedback.